This is In the Making, a podcast exploring the origin stories of people who work in web design. Hi, welcome to In the Making. Uh, my name is Devin Asaro. I'm senior content strategist at Centerline Digital. Uh, today we're talking with uh, Jess Hutton, who is a content strategist at ClearLink. Uh, Jess, welcome to the show. Hey, Devin. Thanks. Uh, so. I was talking to you a little bit before the uh, interview over email, and and one of the things that I I thought was interesting, you you know, you mentioned that you're a content strategist, um, but that you're shifting over to user experience. So, kind of wondering if you could tell me, I guess, one a little bit about what you do at ClearLink and what that journey from content strategy to UX has been like for you. Sure. Um, let's see. So at ClearLink, my job primarily is to um, pull the business goals of the site. We're an affiliate marketing company um, for a whole bunch of national brands. So my job is to pull our business goals and to pull user goals f- for each website that we create um, and combine them in a way that makes sense to users, but also makes money for the company, right? Yeah. So I build, sometimes I build sites from the ground up. Um, a lot of times what I do is I'm handed a site that's already sort of going and I'm asked to make it go faster or better or you know, work better for users or work better for the business. Um, so I plan and oversee and execute content on a handful of websites. Okay. And so uh, I, I guess th- so the, the movement from uh, content strategy, though, to UX, uh, what, what prompted that? And, and how are those two things uh, defined separately at ClearLink? Yeah, that's a good question. So when I started as a content strategist, um, none of us really knew what we were doing here or how how content strategy fit into the ClearLinks model. Um, and we've kind of figured it out as we've gone for the last two years. And every site that I've touched, um, as we got further into Google Analytics and looking into kind of what we knew about the site and how to create better content for the site, the biggest gap that kept coming up was um, understanding our users. Right. Google doesn't tell you much. You can get some from demographics. Um, knowing what browser or iOS system your users are using doesn't really help you create content for them. Right. So we um, we started looking for ways that content strategists could pull user data. And the more user data that I was pulling, I started to realize that I didn't know how to build a page that um, worked really well for users. I had some ideas and I had some past experience, but um, the UX side of things, the like the content hierarchy and where buttons should be placed and what pattern people read and those kind of things started to just uh, come up as, as knowledge gaps. And I basically just went and researched and figured out, like, oh, hey, buttons should go on the right because that's the way our eyes flow across the page. And that's a better place to put a CTA than, you know, on the left. And let's test it. Right. That was kind of my answer for everything was, hey, I found this article that suggested these three things. Let's test them. Um, so, yeah, UX was kind of a, a slow kind of addition to content strategy because we didn't know anything about our users. And that seemed like a good way to get into it. That's, that's an interesting idea. Um, and I guess I'm also curious what, um, you know, what your team structure looks like because, you know, I, I would imagine you know you're working on a lot of different sites, and and uh, you know I imagine you have to wear a lot of different hats in in working on these sites. But I mean, are are you partnered with you know other people on these sites? Or are you you managing them pretty much on your own? 
Um, so I have kind of a basic understanding of SEO and you know how PPC works and where they're sending traffic and that kind of stuff. But our teams are structured in in a way that I'm partnered with my manager, mm-hmm. who is um, set up to push for the business goals and to report on those. Um, and then on our team, we each have an SEO, um, an outreach specialist, and sometimes a designer and a dev. We don't have dedicated resources for those, but um, we have quite a few talented people over on the side of the department, and so we kind of have access to them as, as they come available. Um, so it, so- it, it sounds like there's a lot of interests at stake, right? Like, you know, I, I have a little bit of a background in SEO, n- not actually doing SEO, but working with SEOs. And so, you know, for me, always, uh, you know, being sort of the, the champion for the users and for content, I sometimes found myself uh, at odds with, uh, you know, marketing goals. Is, is that something that you've experienced in your work? Yeah, yeah, we've actually seen a transition. Um, when I started two and a half years ago, we, we're an SEO shop by heart. Like that's how we were born and, yep. and have been going for eight years. Um, but we started to see this transition of Google saying SEO is great and all, but the users are more important. And hearing it from both sides, right? The content side saying we need to build content for users and the SEOs starting to say, hey, our content's good, but it's not user-friendly like Google's saying it should be, so how do we change this? And it's actually kind of brought the SEO team and the content team together. Um, My team, at least, has a really great partnership where I pitch content ideas by my SEO so that she can check the search volume. And, you know, we we work really seamlessly together. Yeah, and it it seems like that trend has gone one of two ways, right? Like, I think as SEOs have moved closer to content, uh, in some in some ways, like I think in some instances, that brings teams closer together. And then I've seen other other ways, like and in, in our community in general, where uh, you know m- more often than not, content strategists are sort of you know railing against this movement from you know uh, SEO to be more content focused, which to me I think is the wrong approach. I think. I think we need to be more welcoming of uh, you know of different disciplines that want to you know start investing in content and caring about content. So I guess how how do you help build bridges between the content side of the house and the SEO side of the house? Yeah, I I completely understand what you're saying about um, seeing almost butting of heads against the two different sides of things. Um, let's see, how did we do that? We. I kind of had to be really humble about how I approached my SEO mm-hmm. um, and, and I've sort of learned this over the last couple of years that you know, coming in with a really strong, this is how we have to do it, it never works. And I think we all know that yeah. intrinsically, but um, here where SEO has so much sway over what we do, I had to take the approach of, I want to make my content better and I think that you can help me what can you lend to this conversation that I'm not seeing? And right. it was almost creating a need for SEO in content um, and making them feel like a valuable part of the team instead of instead of them directing, you know, every idea or every piece of content that we built, or instead of me directing every piece of content, pitching it almost as a partnership. And that worked. I, I don't know if that would work for everyone. I can see situations where that would be um, overridden almost by the SEO. Yeah, when when I hear sometimes people, you know, uh, like content strategy people complaining about SEO and, um, you know, like SEO getting in their way or, 
um, you know, SEO not not being good for the user experience. I I, I think about that, like you know, the SEOs that I've known and and you know, my background in SEO, being on projects and wanting to be involved earlier so you can make it a better experience and so that you can understand the the project. Like all of the SEOs that I know want to do that, and I think that that's something that isn't really like I, I don't think enough people in our community understand that like. If you bring SEOs in earlier, they can give you a lot of insights that will tell you about what your users are looking for, which is Yeah, huge. I mean, if you think about it, at the end of the day, all of us, SEO, copy, outreach, design, dev, we should all be very interested in the outcome being positive and working, right? Yeah. Like that's our job. We're supposed to be working together to get all this stuff done. So it doesn't make sense for one party to think that they can push their agenda when the agenda is to make business make money for the business and to make content that satisfies the user's needs um but that's for some reason that's always been kind of a hard thing to convey um i worked at an agency prior and we had the same kind of teams and it was so hard for some reason just to get that idea of we're all on the same team we're not fighting for different things yeah Um, and I, you know, I, I think I, I think people, you know, people have a lot of defensiveness about their disciplines, especially especially at this point where I feel like so many new disciplines are emerging, and you know, UX isn't the new kid on the block anymore. I, I feel like there's a little bit of a, a, a you know a reaction against some other disciplines wanting to you know get. I guess a little bit more of a seat at the table because I think there's this idea that user experience somehow owns the user's experience rather than is responsible for advocating for the user where like every exactly. every other discipline is is responsible for creating some aspect of the user experience um, and when I've seen UX really work well is when it hasn't been taking ownership of um, you know the entire user experience, but helping to guide all of the other disciplines at play to to make sure that the work they're doing also focuses on how that is going to affect the user's you know journey through the experience. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm working on a presentation right now called "UX is Everyone's Job," mm-hmm. um, and and that is the idea that I'm trying to push. Right, that I have an understanding of UX when it comes to content. But I'm sure that our designers, our graphic designers, have ideas and understandings more intrinsically in them than I do about how a design works for a user. And maybe my ideas are wrong right. and that I need to approach them with respect for their intelligence and for their experience. And then also try to find a way where I can suggest what I know and see how we can make the two work together for the user. Right. So uh, how, did you, uh, how did you get into content strategy? Um, so... I graduated college with a degree in English, which does no one any good. Oh, uh, I, lo- I love my English degree. <laughs> oh, no, I don't regret it at all. I just uh, had to work at a bookstore and a restaurant and, you know, scrap things together for a couple of years until I got hired by an agency. Uh-huh, yeah. So I got hired as a copywriter kind of on faith that I could put words on a page and they could teach me marketing. Yeah, um, yeah that sounds, that they, sounds they very did. familiar. Yeah, I feel like that's a lot of people's stories. Um, they're like, clearly you're a fantastic writer, can you advertise? Right. No. Um, yeah. So from there, I spent a couple of years writing for copy and kind of learning. I think that was the thing that pushed me into content strategy was I was very set on learning what everyone else did mm-hmm. and how I could contribute to what they did with copy. I've met content strategists that come from you know uh, a few different places, right? Like, and. Uh, 
the you know I, my background is you know the, the same sort of coming from the copywriting side and I think I think you know everything that I've heard from you know people talking about that transition you know it has to do with curiosity about wanting to know you know what other people are doing and why exactly exactly yeah, yeah. that so that was I think that's and I, I think you're right I think that's a key characteristic of of a, a successful content strategist is like I don't exist in a vacuum what do these people do and how does my job affect them and what how can I do my job better to help them out um but also like like what is SEO and what does it do and I don't I'm married to an SEO so he's kind of pushed me in the right direction yeah um yeah but a guy came back from one of the guys at the agency came back from a conference and said hey uh, I heard this lady named Christina talk Mm -hmm. about content strategy she says it's going to be the next big thing maybe you should check it out and he gave me uh Christina Halverson's book and his notes and said, knock yourself out. Uh, and it was very optional. It was again, left up to my curiosity if I was interested and I was getting kind of bored with copy. Uh, you know how that goes. You write the same ads over and over again and kind of want to jump off a building. Um, so I just started following people on Twitter. I followed Christina. I followed anyone that she interacted with. I created lists and started reading every article that they published or posted or shared and started kind of piecing things together. I don't know that I, I don't think we have a formal training for content strategists, but I think that sounds like the way that we've all learned was picking up pieces and putting them together. Yeah. And you know, one of the things, uh, you know, in talking to content strategists, one of the things that I've kind of consistently heard is, is a lot of people think that they don't practice like real content strategy or they don't, um, you know, they're not a real content strategist because they don't think that the work that they do uh, is the same as, you know, the stuff they're saying in blog posts and, uh, you know, presentations and everything, which yes. I, I, but I've never met anybody that like, I, I think actually practices what I would consider like real content strategy. Cause I, I don't know what that is. You're right. I think we all have imposter syndrome. It comes with the job. Yeah. That's too funny. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think it's, 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 it's getting better where I think we're, we're, we're getting a little bit, at least more of a common vocabulary to talk about our work. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it, I just think the fact of, of, you know, working on the web is that, you know, we're not, we're not necessarily just building websites or doing those things. We're helping businesses solve problems and those problems are all different. Yes. Which makes every one of our jobs very different from the other person, even though we all go by the same title. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, for instance, uh, you know, I've, I've been, recently questioning whether or not I feel like a content strategist just because the work that I've been doing for probably the last six to eight months has been almost purely focused on information architecture. You know, and so I'm I'm wondering, am I I an information architect? Am I really even a content strategist anymore? But, you know, I think think it has to do with with the way that you approach your work, you know, and and I I feel like I always approach through the lens of content. True. And I think too, like when I started picking up UX and learning more about what it was, um, I think that shifted my mindset. It, sort of like you're saying, like I, I sort of started to think that maybe I was more of a UX specialist or mm-hmm. something along those lines. But I think too that it's just what you're learning is most fresh, and it's easiest to call yourself what you're learning now. And I, I feel like I have content maybe maybe most of the way under my belt. Um, so that I should go by the next new thing that I'm working on. Right. And I, I think too often also we, we define our work based on like the deliverables we mm-hmm. produce. Like I think there's way too many 
people, I don't want to say like that think they're UX designers, but aren't, but like just because you put together wireframes doesn't mean you you have to call yourself a UX designer or you have to like, you know, I think put on the burden of that title, uh, you know, because everybody can draw pictures to talk about what they want to do. Um, and I think, right. and I think that that limits what user experience is. I, I had uh, Michael Metz on recently, and and you know he's he's a you know user experience designer who's really focused on language, and really toes that line between content strategy and user experience. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious what user experience looks like to you. Um, I'm probably more of a UX designer if we get down to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I spend a lot of time. So I almost wear like switch back and forth between two hats, right? I plan the content and I build the wireframes and I send it off um, to be created, fleshed out and, and dev'd out. And then I go back through it from a user's point of view and say, oh, well, this headline doesn't make sense in this context. And I, you know, this, if I'm coming in from this page, that page suddenly is, is um, it's out of order. We need to rearrange the hierarchy of the content on this page that, and, you know, so I think a lot of, and some of that intrinsically comes out in the uh, wireframes, but conveying what you want from a wireframe into the actual experience has always been an interesting um, communication. And I think a lot of the UX that I do now is either, Offering best practices. When you're building this type of page, you should do these certain things right. and consider these certain things. Consider that users do this, um, and then QA almost of now that the page is built. I like this. This doesn't feel right. There's too much space here. This is out of order. That kind of thing. Yeah, that, and that's interesting, and you know, because that that's making me think of of sort of the user experience. Uh, you know, blending with the marketing aspect of things, where you know, in you know, creating these sites, you're looking at how they perform and how you've seen, you know, you've seen, you know, certain patterns or trends or approaches perform well in the past, and using those decisions to make better decisions in the future. Mm-hmm. I think that's some, something I don't necessarily hear a lot in user experience, but you know, to me, you know, one of the best ways for me to tell if, uh, you know, if the user experience is good is if the product itself works, right? Like right. if people are converting, you know, it's likely a better user experience than if they aren't converting. Correct. And I think that's how we've always checked ourselves to make sure that things are working correctly. Yeah. So, I mean, what else do you think, uh, I guess, you, UX can learn from marketing or, or marketing can learn from UX? Or, or I guess, where do you see opportunities for those two disciplines to work more closely together? Um, at least where I am right now, there's, there's a lack of education about what UX is. Mm-hmm. Um, even just basic psychology of a user using a website. Um, because we all build websites, we think we can think like a user, but we can't. We've got this blinder set where we, like, we, you know, we're in the back end and the, the front end and the ins and outs of websites all the time. We know where to look for things. And I think the average user is so far below our abilities um, just online that mm-hmm. we, we overestimate them way too often. And any kind of education we can offer to the different departments and teams working on websites to help them kind of take those blinders off and think more like a user would, I think, drastically improve the, the um, sites we're turning out, the products we're creating, the results we're getting from the sites we're creating. Um, 
Yeah, it, it is interesting that, you know, the people responsible for making a majority of the decisions about how things function on the web are not at all representative of, you know, the majority of people that are actually working on the web. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think, too, there's a space for UX and accessibility to start working more together. Um, one of my teammates is colorblind, and we didn't realize it until he saw one of our maps of the U.S. with all these pretty colors on it, and he went, why'd you do it in black and white? Oh, <laughs> like, wow. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait, is that what you see? And we had to kind of take a step back and think, okay, we're not our user because clearly our user may not even be able to see the colors we're using on the website. So how do we compensate for this or, or, or build for this? And, and I think compensating, we've been compensating for a long time. I think responsive is a compensation and that there are better ways to do things. Um, I just I have a lot of ideas. I just don't know how to get them into <laughs> Into action, you know. Yeah, well, it, it's hard, you know, and I think it, it's really hard when there's when there's set processes, and mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it takes those kind of catalyst moments, like uh, you know, I think alcoholics talk about having to like hit rock bottom, and I think sometimes yeah. people in uh, you know in in working together have to hit rock bottom before they can actually start to collaborate. Like a project has to go really wrong before somebody says, "Okay, we need to do a better job communicating." in advance and you know hopefully we can we can do a little bit of a better job not having to wait for those kind of disaster moments to start collaborating but i think sometimes it it can be really helpful uh you know especially when somebody realizes my job would have been way easier and i would have you know gone home at like five o'clock yesterday instead of 10 o'clock if i had you know consulted uh you know the ux specialist like at the beginning of the project rather than at the end yeah yeah we've seen that a couple times I don't know that we've ever hit rock bottom on anything, though. That's that scares me. You start thinking about business goals and having to, to you know, meet your investors' expectations and that kind of stuff, and you get kind of nervous. But, yeah. but I think you're right. I think that's what it's going to take. There, there has to be some kind of catalyst for expanding outside of what you know. I've, I've also I've also heard the expression that that rock bottom is where you stop digging. So that mm. might that might be another way of looking at it as well. True. I, I tend to be more proactive and try to teach other people, and I don't know how well that, that's received. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's helpful when you can show the, um, you know, the tangible benefits and you can, um, you can frame things in a way that, uh, you know, like I, I think too often, you know, and I fall into this trap a lot, like uh, in talking about content strategy, like, you know, when we communicate with one another in our discipline, like, we can tend to get academic really, really quickly. Yes. Um, and start using pretty, like, you know, because we're all going to get bored if we sit and, like, keep talking about, like, you know, the very basics of what a content audit is. Like, we want to go deeper. And so, you know, we've developed this, this, like, really academic language for talking about our work. And I think when we carry that over into our interactions with people that aren't familiar with content strategy, you know, it, it, it can make it really difficult and seem inaccessible and, and, you know, seem not necessarily practical, like, you know, saying, oh, I I don't necessarily want to like get into content strategy because that, that all sounds really complicated Mm -hmm. when what it really is, is we just want to think about the content that you have on your site and make it better. Right. We're here to build good content and we need, and that's, yeah, that's, I think that's the key too, is just, we need your help. I may be talking above your head, but, at the end of the day, what I'm trying to say is I can't do this by myself. Yeah. 
I can come up with the ideas. I can draw you a wireframe or a picture or whatever you need, but I can't make it happen. Yeah. Like I, I love Amanda Costello's uh, definition that she uses for content strategy when she's uh, talking to people that aren't familiar with it. She says, I, and I'm paraphrasing, um, we think about the um, we think about who uses our website and make sure that they can. Oh, cool. But yeah, I, I really think that you know that kind of definition um, really simplifies things and and makes it seem like less of a gap between the work that we do in content strategy and uh, the work that we do in user experience. Yeah, and I think her I love that definition. I haven't heard it before. I'll have to tweet her after and thank her for it. That's um, that includes so nicely the accessibility and the UX side of things that are hard to explain as part of content strategy when you're talking in sort of um, academic terms. Yeah. But if you're just trying to explain what we do, like that's that's such a nice overarching definition. You know, and especially sometimes like, you know, when, I, when I'm dealing with stakeholders, I find that like, you know, my, my principal stakeholders who invested in it probably care a lot about content strategy. But when I'm like, you know, interviewing, uh, you know, people that are like two, three connections away from that person who weren't responsible for making the decision to invest in it. Uh, you know, it's difficult for me to come in and talk about, you know, what is content strategy and a lot easier to just talk about, you know, how I'm going to help them, you know, in a really simple way, connect with their users better and make, you know, the project, the product that they work with every day better. Yes, I find myself saying so many times, we're going to write pieces that answer your answer your users' questions. And you know, then the next step is, well, how, how do you know what they're asking? Oh, Google. Um, yeah. <laughs> mostly we Google it. Um, but yeah, the, just trying to break it into super tangible, concrete, I'm going to build content that answers questions is, I find myself saying that a lot and then forget when someone asks me what I do. Yeah, yeah. I do. I answer questions. Yeah, that I, I like that as well. I'm going to add that to to my list of of awesome definitions of content strategy. Nice. Well, thanks again for for doing this. This is a lot of fun. No, thank you. I really appreciate it. I've been looking forward to this all week. Yeah, and thanks for supporting the the show, by the way, and tweeting it, and and you know th- that's been that's been really amazing and and cool to know that uh, people are listening. Yeah, I actually have been sending it to all of my content strategists, so. I'm hoping that they're listening to you because some of them got brought into this without really knowing what they were supposed to do. And I think this is a good series to help them kind of shape that a little bit. Yeah. It, and it's been really cool for me just to hear like, you know, hear different people's perspectives. And like, you know, f- one of the, m- the main things that I've been getting out of it is like, you know, there's all these people that I talk to on Twitter, um, you know, and, you know, I, that I've been talking to for like a really long time. And I have a vague sense of what they do. But like, if somebody were to ask me like, you know, a question about like what you did, even though we, we've talked on Twitter for like probably like, you know, a couple of years, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been able to tell you. So it's cool to like hear your perspective, hear your work. And it just gives me, I think, a broader, broader sense of the community at large. Cool. Yeah. That's kind of what I felt out of the out of the podcast, because I've followed all the people that you've interviewed and have for a while. And I know their personalities, but I don't know what their work at all. Yeah. And you know the other the other thing is like I, and I think what what's helpful about it um, is that like it it can get really easy to and I think we talked about this in the like sort of, sort of towards the beginning uh, is like it can it can be really easy to get down on yourself and feel like what you're doing is not like 
real content strategy, especially when you listen to people's presentations and read oh, their yeah. blog posts, and it's like, oh my god, they're doing the coolest stuff. But it's like, you know, when I talk to people and either on the podcast or candidly, and like get to hear the things that they're frustrated with, you know, like that really helps me under like you know put my work in better context. Yeah, Ronell's been pushing me to post to just to publish more. Yeah, and I have a piece coming out with UX Booth shortly. Oh, cool. Uh, that scared me shitless. Like it's it's like yeah, I'm I'm terrified of it. So when she publishes it, I'm I'll be sure to share it. But it's it's something that it's one of those where you look at it and you're like, wow, that took guts to post for someone else. Yeah. But for me to do it, like I just never expected to be in a position where I would post anything like that. So, um, but yeah, that was my goal this year. I was like, I need to post more and and write more about what I do. I've I've I know enough about what I. I do to talk about it. Um, and I, I'm sad, I'm sad that I waited this long. I feel like I've been doing this for longer than, than a lot of people, but I don't know. Yeah. And you know, I, I feel like I, I sort of went the opposite approach. Like I, as soon as I started this sort of work, I started writing about it. And so like I, things that I felt really good about at the time, I look back on, I'm like, what the hell was I talking about? I didn't know anything. <laughs> So I, I'm sure in a couple of years I'll look back on the stuff that I'm doing now and, and think the same thing. I think we do that all our lives. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, I'm going to get going, but uh, it was really good talking to you and, and thanks so much for doing it. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Okay. I'll talk to you later. All right. Sounds good.